0: Very happy to announce, Devin, that the kids keeping the kids all right. My new book uh, is out, and it's available in paperback and very soon in uh, Kindle form and Audible form. So, keeping the kids all that—that's right, uh, a topic. It's how—it's uh, a parent's guide to empower their kids to uh, you know fight off the woke agenda, the leftist agenda, the progressive agenda, and and how did this come about? Uh, this, this is my favorite part. I kept on hearing story after story of friends of mine who talk about their kids, you know, who ended up being liberal or even leftist for that matter. Oh, you know, he's totally sunk into it. He's totally brunk, uh, brainwashed by the leftist agenda. And then in addition to that, since I was listening to uh, the Dennis Prager show and otherwise, I I kept on hearing callers call in saying, yeah, you know, I raised them religiously, I raised them politically and everything else and, and they became, you know, progressives and, and then eventually, you know, woke because that, that's a relatively new term. And I just I, I felt wow that that is devastating. How, how devastating must that be for for a conservative parent who loves America, love, and and not only that, but now you 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 feel this distance between the two of you, right? I mean, it's it's tough enough that they believe in this nonsense. It's also it also impacts your relationship. In some cases, the the kids don't even speak to the parents because they voted conservative, or God forbid, they voted for Trump, which is, you know, the, the ultimate in, in wrongness. You know, maybe if you vote for Romney, they'll forgive you, but that's about it, right? Uh, so to me, it was so um, heartbreaking to hear these stories. And then on top of that, um, because, you know, I, I was leaving... In Los Angeles and for that matter when I was in Los Angeles a lot of conservative parents they knew who I was because of my radio show and I have some sort of notoriety through my books and otherwise they would come up to me and tell me you know how can I get this school to teach them more conservative things how how can we fight back Baruch? and I found myself saying there's no point to fighting the school don't don't if, if you find yourself thinking that the best way to make sure that your kid remains conservative is by fighting the school and telling them what they teach, what they can teach and what they should teach and what they should not teach and what should not be allowed to teach, then you're, you're already on the losing end. And I, the more I thought about it and the more, the more I saw my own kids, because I know what I do with my own kids, uh, the more I realized that, you know, I, I've got to get ahead of all these issues. And so even when my kids were super young, I, I, I addressed these issues ahead of time, and I, I discovered that I had a technique that really works. Now, my kids are still young, um, they're, they're all in their teenage years, but I, I can tell you they are rock solid conservatives. They will never become woke, and you know them too, oh, okay. Devin, right? Yeah. So they will never be woke, uh, I, you know, I, I suppose it's possible, anything's possible, but uh It is just rock solid and their their core, their foundation is truly conservative. Now the question is, okay, so you're a conservative parent. How do I get my kid to be like that? Right. And the first thing I open up with in the book, again, it's called keeping the kids all right. And I, and I mean it that way. We want to keep them all right as in politically and also mentally. Right. Uh, the The key thing is to get ahead of it, it really is um, you 've got to get ahead of the issues you here 's the thing that drives me nuts is that people prepare for everything else in life right You prepare for insurance right I, you know you, get, you, might, you might have already gotten life insurance okay you prepare for that possibility you, uh, you, you want to get a car for your kid eventually you want to save up money for that house you want to prepare for getting that promotion at your job i mean we, we do so many things that we prepare for. Uh, we take our kids to, to the doctor with a physical. We go to ourselves to a physical. We plan for the dental visits. We we do that. We plan for a vacation. I can go on and on about all the things that we regularly plan for. And yet, and yet, Devin, we, parents don't plan for the inevitable onslaught of the progressive agenda that their schools are going to throw at them. They pretend as though well, what what happened? What? I don't get it, right? I mean, you you see a hurricane's about to ha- happen, right? And we Now we know that a hurricane will descend upon uh, such and such city, usually in Florida or, or Texas, um, and it's going to happen in three days. What do you do, you just wait for it? No, you, you prepare for it. Maybe you want to leave town. Maybe you want to board up your store and everything else, but you do prepare as much as you can.
1: Exactly, and I think one of the reasons that parents don't prepare. I'm not a parent, haven't been, but that I wouldn't. It is, it is horrifying. Not only are your kids going to possibly turn against you, but they are ruined for this world. They are not capable of living in this world. They've turned away from God. They've turned away from family and they are going to regret so much. And the only person that can help that cares about them is the very person that they're being turned away from. It is such a scary thing to have hanging over you that, yeah, I would definitely want to be like, oh, no, it should be okay. Faith will prevail. Yeah,
0: okay. I, faith will prevail. But the problem is that you have a lot of people who are religious, and they're as faithful as all get out, but they, their kids turn out to be liberals. And, and I, I'm telling you, there, there are two main reasons for it. One is what I just said. They, they haven't prepared for it. Okay. And I'm going to talk about that in a moment. The second thing is, is they haven't treated God in America for that matter as a language. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a language. Uh, and so I'll get to that in a moment, but, but just keep that in mind. All right. We'll get to that in a, in a moment. So going to getting ahead of it, you, you know. My dear parent, you know what they're going to talk to your kids about. You shouldn't have to be so surprised all of a sudden they throw this transgender crap at you, or that, for that matter, the, the global warming madness, or for that matter, evolution. And they're, they're going to teach your kids that there's no such thing as God. Okay I just want you to know that, uh, and then, of course, um, uh, so many other things that, that Israel's bad, America's bad uh, and and other things. That you may not know right away, but you know that they're going to try to teach you something that is antithetical to everything that you believe. God, America, Israel, Christianity, Judaism, um, love of uh, and the distinctions uh, between male and female, things like that. So you know it. So get ahead of it. your Your best weapon is that you have your kids first, right? The teachers and the administrators of the school... They won't know your kids until nursery school uh, and, and then maybe kindergarten and so on. But you've got them way ahead of that. Start talking to them about these issues now. Not, not when they're 14, okay? That's, that's way too late. Now, you may say, well, I don't want to talk to them about transgenderism at the age of four. No, you don't have to speak t- directly as, as such. But you can make fun of the situation, right? You can say, boy, can you imagine, you know, isn't a a great being a boy, Charlie? And Charlie says, yeah, you know, what do you think of girls? Are they silly? Yeah, they're silly, all right, right? What do boys like, Charlie? Oh, we like dirt, we like going fast, we like blowing stuff up, you know, all the fun stuff. We like throwing things, we like sports, and not like those girls, right? Yeah, and likewise, you can have a similar conversation with your girls, right? And it's, it's obvious. It's it's so important for them to understand that distinction. Okay, that's very very important. Um, and there are so many dialogues I have in my book that's the, that are a lot of fun. Um, and likewise with America, and you can say, Wow, look around you, all these great things. You see that car invented in America. You see that plane in the sky, mm hmm, invented in America. You see that telephone and the cell phone and the internet. Yeah, mm hmm, that's right, invented in America, and all those things. And you know what? You know what other countries invented? Not much. <laughs> they just didn't. A little bit here and there, of course, but you, there's just nothing compared to what America has invented. To say nothing of the, the medical advances, the discoveries there, to say nothing of the cultural advances, to, to say nothing of the concept of leisure, of music and art and the literature uh, and, the, and the computer, and uh, it, it goes on and on. I have this long list of, of American inventions in the book just so that parents can be educated. You could even go through in, in, in your uh, dinner table and God willing, you have a, a time at the table, right, with your kids. And you can, pl- I, I call it the uh, made in America game. So you go around the table naming a, an invention or discovery or anything else that was, you know, made in America or found in America. And uh, you go around the table and you can't repeat anything. And when the person can't think of one uh, after five seconds, he's out. And then you move on to the, you know, and then there's a sole survivor, right? And it's so fun. The kids love it. They just love it. So that's an appreciation for America, right? Uh, As well as the idea of freedom. I mean, there's too many great things about America. Before America, after America. (laughs) Like uh, the the amount of hunger has gone down worldwide, I'm talking about. Not just America. Worldwide, it's gone down from more than 90% in 1960 to less than 8% today. Thank you, America. Okay? That's the reason why. Likewise with poverty, generally speaking. Likewise with disease. I mean, it's unbelievable the things that America has done. And you get to say, look, it's awesome being an American. And you take advantage of the fact that kids like to belong to to winners. Right? Why would you want to be? That's another advantage you, you as a parent have. You you belong to a winner country, America. We are so lucky to be here. Why would we want to be like any of these other countries, right? Same thing with being Christian and Jewish, right? We we are winner religions. The Judeo-Christian ethic has been the most successful ethic in history. There is before the time of the Judeo-Christian world, and there's, uh, you know, now, you know, many people want the after, after time. They want to go back to what it was like. So describe it to them. You know, obviously in kid-friendly terms, you don't want to talk about rape and sodomy and everything else. uh, But you do want to speak to them about how horrible it was. People would steal from each other all the time. They would kill each other. They would do crazy things. They, You know, they would sell their kids into slavery. I mean, that's what you do. Kids, it's so easy. That's my point. It's so easy to show how great America is, how great Judeo, the Judeo-Christian mindset is, how powerful it is. You've got to get in the soup with that, right? So that, that's, it's very exciting to me uh, to be able to, to do this. And I go through um, these four different categories. One is uh, God and evolution. I talk about, you know, how clear it is that there is a God and, and how evolution doesn't work. And I have a lot of fun with it. Um, and I have these dialogues. I mean, for example, like, uh, I forget which one it is, but uh, one kid wants to uh, uh, not clean up his room. And the husband says, oh, don't worry about it, you know. Oh, really, Dad? Oh, yeah, yeah. In two billion years from now, it'll, it'll just clean itself up. Don't worry about it, <laughs> right? And then, uh, and then he says, ah, but there's a problem. What's that, Dad? We don't have two billion years, so clean up your room, <laughs> right? Uh, but, but he, you know, it's, it's all fun. You can play these games. Um, and talk about the bizarre uh, sort of approach, the probabilities approach that uh, evolution and, and all the problems associated with that. Um, and so it's got an evolution. Then we talk about America, the less than beautiful, that's that's the title of that chapter, and how in fact America is awesome. And I go through so many different categories of how America is so awesome. And it's interesting. It's fun. and You'll learn a lot of stuff as well and it'll make you, even as a parent, super proud. Uh, then I talk about the global warming um, and the deficiencies thereof and what the real purpose of that is. Um, and how it, it doesn't make any sense, right? And then finally, transgenderism, uh, and the madness of the blurring of distinctions there, and how great it is to be a boy, how great it is to be a girl, and how great it is to have the distinction. That's what we want. And you can, you can do it with kids, and just spend your time, you know, it, having fun with it. That's the key. Laugh at it. You get ahead of it, and you laugh at it, Right? that's does that make sense Devin
1: yeah that makes yeah sense. yeah
0: so um now I was going to tell you I was going to talk about language right God as a language America as a language why do I say that because I you know you, you may not know this Devin but uh English was not my first language okay? Hebrew was so I was born in Israel Hebrew was my first language and I, I developed English now uh, all sorts of problems associated with that happened because I was, I was switching languages at exactly the wrong time for a little kid to switch languages. But that's another story. My parents tried to get me back to to speaking Hebrew again, so I I would be bilingual. Now, I do understand a good deal of Hebrew, but it's, it's not the best. Still, uh, what they thought would be good is if I, you know... They didn't have time to communicate with me directly. So instead, they thought, okay, well, if I just watched a lot of Israeli TV and listened to Israeli radio a lot, then eventually it would just absorb in me and I would start speaking. Well, of course, that didn't work, right? And by the way, I discovered later on that, that uh, this had been tried many times before, and of course, it, it never worked for anybody. There's the case of these two deaf parents. They, neither of them could hear, but their child could. And they didn't know how to teach him. Anything, So they figured they'll, they'll put him in front of a, a TV all day long and then he'll eventually pick it up. Well, guess what? He didn't pick it up and he ended up having language difficulties uh, much later on. They had to kind of swoop in and rescue him, but it, it took a lot. It, anyway, he was developmentally uh, challenged. Uh, the point is that you have to interact, right? If for language to actually sink in, you have to constantly interact with other people in that language, when you think about it, especially if you know a, se- a second language, I, I know two other languages, and Hebrew is pretty good too. Um, when you think of a phrase that you've learned in another language, you'll actually remember whom, with whom you spoke and how you got that phrase. For example, in Hebrew, there's a phrase called, uh, that, that's mapitom. Okay? It means, what are you talking about? Okay, But I remember when my cousin said it for the first time. And, and the way she said it, and now whenever I say that phrase, it's, that, that's the image that sticks with me. Anyway, the point is it's all about interaction, okay? And you learn it, you, you engage in it, you make your mistakes, boom, back and forth, back and forth. Why don't I bring this up? Because unless you do the same thing when it comes to God and America, and for that matter, Western civilization and the Judeo-Christian mindset, if you don't do that, then you're, you're doing the same thing as, as my parents and other people had done, just plopping a kid in front of a TV set and expecting them to speak that language. God has to be your language. America has to be your language. You have to be speaking about it all the time. Now, you may say, I don't have time for that, Barack. Yes, you do. Okay, you do. You can speak about it when you're in the car with the kids. You can make it a game all the time. You can you can really engage, and it's part of the the critical thinking process. What do you think, Charlie? You know, do you do you think that it's fair to to tell people how how to run their business? You know, what, what what do they know about their business? What do you think? No, Dad, that doesn't make any sense. What, what if you know a, a pizza owner now has to pay? He's used to paying people ten dollars an hour, and now the government tells him he has to pay them hundred dollars an hour do you think that sounds good yeah it sounds good they, they make more money right dad i said it all sounds good on paper but what do you think is going to happen if the pizza guy can't afford that so uh, tell me what you what you what do you think charlie what are they going to do what is the owner going to do and then let them think it out through the answers well he's going to fire some of them right i said yeah there's some other things he can do He can raise the prices of the pizzas yeah but a lot of people won't like that right He can get cheaper materials or cheaper cheese, for example. That's not good either. And so on and so on. Anyway, they engage in the process. They experience real life. And by doing so, they experience the real issues of the day. That's what makes it fun. And you as a parent will have fun. Instead of just, you know, hoping like, oh, what is 2 plus 2? And giving them math problems. That's boring to me, right? They'll learn that in school, hopefully, right? And you can help them with the homework on that. But if you want to get, engage them really and get them really thinking and being stalwart conservatives and stalwart believers in God, this is what you do. You speak it as a language over and over again. They will become fluent and they will speak that language and turn to their kids. Okay. Any questions so far, <laughs> right? I feel like I'm giving a lecture here. But it, but it's I'm so passionate about this. Because there's no reason, there's no excuse really why you, as a conservative parent, should end up with a kid that becomes a lefty. That they shouldn't be feminists, they shouldn't be anti-Americanists, they should not believe in the global warming crap, they should not believe in evolution, they should be fierce promoters of God and the Judeo-Christian mindset and be thankful for that.
1: Absolutely. And just to add to that, like where it does take time as a parent, and again, I'm not a parent, but what you get from it is God. What you get from it is not hating yourself because of your nationality, but in fact, having a higher self-esteem that you can share with your child to have that same higher self-esteem because you're part of this great experiment. And to have God with your child as a common subject and theme and part of your relationship, I cannot see like anything better than parents sharing that with their children and enjoying that for the rest of both of their lives. Yeah. You've you got a spot
0: on. I like what, I like the way you put it because you know, everyone talks about confidence and self-esteem. What better way than to, to develop that than to make them proud of who they are and where they come from. I mean, it's, it's really shocking to me that, you know, that they, they're supposedly, you know, excited about propping up those who are minorities uh, and in particular the transgendered and gays, uh, at the expense of w- white Christian boys, right? That Those guys, they don't need any self-esteem. In fact, we, we need to suppress them. We need to push them down. Well, guess what? They're, they're now lacking in any sort of confidence. Uh, you know, obviously, the, hopefully the parents are, are there in the confidence department, but you can't fake this. You can't make somebody excited about... Um, it being an anti american it can 't it just just doesn 't work, and this is a great way of doing it right I mean make them proud of being American, make them proud of loving God, make them proud of their religious history too. I, I tell my own kids if we 're Jewish, as you know, I tell my kids uh, how great uh, how great Christianity is. Thank God for Christianity, and I, I tell great stories about the, the incredible Uh, stories. Do you know, for example, Rosa Parks, she's my hero, more so than Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King was a great man. He was a very flawed man. A lot of issues with him. Don't need to get into that. But Rosa Parks, she was the real hero. She didn't have an army of people that followed her and supported her. She herself alone said, I'm not sitting in the back of this bus. She herself alone, let me repeat that said, I'm not sitting in the back of the bus. And she knew she was going to be arrested. But she knew that God was there to support her. She was calm. She she talks about it to her dying day, about how uh, she felt at ease. This calm came over me, she says. And God was there. She was a deeply religious person. And I, I bring that up to my kids. It's because of her faith in God that she was able to resist this awful law, this racist and evil law, and it, it were it not for that, she wouldn't have done it. And I thank God for the Christians. I just And I say, Christians are the best supporter of, of Israel and the Jews. And we Jews, you know, should be supporting the Christians as well. And they're with me on that.
1: Absolutely. And just to add to Rosa Parks, that who wouldn't want this for their child? That you can think for yourself. If everyone is doing the wrong thing, you can hold true to what you know is right. And if doing right is going to face a punishment, you're willing to accept that because you know something is more important than a punishment or just a moment in time of pain or especially now a slight discomfort. Mm. I think that being able to say, no, I think this, I think that reasoning things out, everyone's going to teach you this, maybe you can take that with a little grain of salt. I think that is such a great thing to say.
0: I say to my kids all the time that I have no problem with you standing up for Israel, for America, for God, uh, and questioning the teachers. I have no problem with that. And, and when they teach evolution, that, that it's the, all this God stuff is nonsense somehow, you stand up and you say, and challenge them, saying, well, if, if evolution were true, then, then X, Y, or Z. And I have all sorts of things for them to say. We don't need to get into it right now. But you ought to be armed with it. And by the way, I arm you with it in my book, Keeping the Kids All Right. Just check it out and you'll see these things are so easy to make an argument and have fun with it. That's the key. And then you can laugh at these people. That's the, the best weapon you have. Laughing, laughing, laughing. So I'm, I'm really very excited about this. Uh, and what you just said about, about the, um, the, the concept of fighting and resisting. <laughs> I say to my kids, look, just because everyone else believes something, does that make it right? And Rosa Parks is such a good example, but there are many others. We talk about Stephen Jobs. We talk about George Washington. We talk incredible people in history who did things on their own <clears throat> in resistance. And by the way, the Bible is fantastic with that because, look, here's Moses, right, fighting, you know, the power of Pharaoh and the, and the entire Egyptian civilization. Uh, and or here's David fighting, uh, you know, the, the, the Goliath and so on. There's, there's too many examples. Uh, we have that advantage. So... I also tell my kids, if, if someone is dissing God or, uh, then speak up, speak your mind and say what you say, what you will. And if you get in trouble with the teacher and you get sent to the principal's office for saying what you believe, I will back you up a hundred percent. And I want you to know that. And not only that, but if I, if, if you do it the right way, if you speak up for God, if you speak up for America and you still get in trouble somehow, don't worry, you're going to be safe. And you might be able to get a, a present from me. And that's a big surprise, a big prize for me. So they love that. And I told all my kids, if there's a bully, uh, what do you do with them? Well, the teacher tells me to tell, teach them. I said, no, you punch them back. And if you get in trouble because you're fighting back, not starting it, of course, but if you punch back and you get sent to the principal's office, uh, you'll, you'll be totally Uh, in my good graces. And we will do, uh, you know, they they love certain restaurants, we'll go to those restaurants. So reward them,
1: always reward them for doing the right thing. Exactly. I agree with you 100%. And I have to say that um, I'm not a big fan of government schools, because they teach government propaganda. But if you isolate your children completely from that, which I think is a better thing, they're still going to get it from social media from the New York Times, from the Washington Post, from NPR, from the establishment. So they're going to be so much stronger because the other side, they're not preparing their children for the true arguments, but having the kids know what the arguments are on the other side. In fact, the other side possibly could be considered a bully. So if they need to fight back against the bully, teaching them how to punch that bully back with their lies, I think... It's such a wonderful skill to give them.
0: The school has its own agenda when it comes to how to deal with bullies, right? They don't want any fighting. That's the key thing. So it's good for the school, but not good for your kid. That's the point. Uh, And I I think that when you realize that that you, you have an obligation to do things, your agenda is very different than the school's agenda. The school's agenda is to just mollify everyone to make sure there's no resistance. They don't care about the the tension among the kids. They don't care about how this might undermine your confidence and how it might destroy your personality if you don't stand up for yourself. Um, you have to care. OK, no, no one will care about your kid as much as you will. You know, the, the teachers, a second grade teacher, for example, will refer to the students in her grade as her kids. But guess what? They're not, OK? Uh, and, until the day that she changes their di- diapers, breastfeeds them, worries about the doctor visits, uh, takes them to uh, a, a piano lessons, and uh, deals with monsters under the bed and all the other things associated with these these things, uh, they don't. She doesn't get to call them uh, her kids. Okay uh they're they're there between what eight and, and two o'clock and sometimes eight, eight and three o'clock and then there's a recess and everything else no and, and, and by and large especially in elementary school they're not the teachers for the whole day they're there for a couple you know a couple of hours and suddenly they own your kids no thank you no doesn't work that way and they don't give a crap about your kids they, they may like them they might hope that they do well but you know they've they've got their own agendas they've got their own minds even if they had the best of intentions the reality is, especially if they have their own, their own kids, they care more about their kids than your kids. That's okay. I don't expect anything less or anything more. But you've got to be passionate about this. Now, I, I, I would not preach any of this unless I thought it was doable. It has to be doable, right? This is, this is not as if I'm asking you to do a triathlon, okay? This is just asking you to get out in the streets and walk around the block a couple of times and have fun while you're doing it. That's all. Just have fun. If you, see your, if, if you actually value where your kids end up, politically, religiously, and so on, then you must do what I'm telling you to do. Because you are surrounded, in, it's, it's like, <laughs> I know a lot, of, a lot of immigrants that come to this country, and they want their child to learn English, of course but they also want to retain their native language. Let's so it say it's Korean, okay? Uh, let me tell you something. Unless you insist on your child speaking only Korean to you in, uh, in the home and among the relatives and such, they will not speak Korean, right? Or whatever the native language is. They will want to speak only English because that's what the cool kids do. They want to be normal, you have to insist on them speaking Korean or the language, Farsi, German, whatever. That's the way it works. There's not a single kid in history that has embraced speaking his native language. They always want to, to just defer to the outside language. And so it is with the culture that we, have, we live in right now, especially if we live in California. It is easier for them to embrace transgenderism. It is easier for them to embrace Atheism, agnosticism, it is easier for them to uh, embrace anti-Americanism because everyone else is doing it. So you've got to be like that Korean family, the, the Persian family, the Israeli family for that matter, insisting that they speak only the language that they do. And, and But you can still make it fun and, and make it easy for them. There's, there's no, the good news is, let's say you're the only Korean family in town, right? I mean, that, that might be a, a problem, but you can still do it. But if, what if you found a lot of other Koreans, right? Well, you can do that here, even in California. You can have tons of conservative friends. And you have play dates with them. And you can talk about them. And you can make fun of the, the left, right and left, you know, all over the place. It's, to, it's very doable. But you have to throw yourself in. Now, one last thing. Uh, but you wanted to make a point. No? Okay. All right. One last thing before we go. This is not just in terms of teaching your kids about conservatism and God, but it's about anything else in the raising of your kid. Talk to them with respect. What do I mean by that? I mean, engage them and listen to them. They will have ideas of their own. What I want you to do is listen carefully. You'll be surprised. Sometimes the kids really do have amazing thoughts. But you heard me say before in the example of the minimum wage, uh, I said, what do you think, Charlie, right? Remember that phrase, what do you think to your child? It's a very powerful question because you're engaging the child and at the same time letting him know that what he says matters to you. He will really love that. He'll, you can do it in terms of, uh, in the world of discipline when he's done something wrong and you say, well, what do you think, Charlie? Was that, do you think that was a good thing to do? Do you think that was right? And the answer, of course, will be, no, I guess, I guess that was wrong. I I shouldn't have done that. Right. And the same thing with so many other issues. Do you think it, you know, what do you think about, about um, evolution? For example, Do you think that, that makes sense that things can just kind of form by themselves and all of a sudden we have all these animals and what, what do you think? Does that make sense to you, Charlie? What do you think? You see how that engages the child, how it shows such respect? A lot of you will be emailing me about this last point, And I love that. And, but you'll be using it. I've used it with my own kids. They loved it. Uh, and I used it with my own little sister when she was, much, she was much younger than me. And she hated it at first, but now she's using it with her own kids. It's, it's awesome, right? She really appreciates it. Respect is a very big deal. And it 's all about the engagement. you have to love doing this, folks. You just it 's your job as a parent. So do it now. If you think it's hard and challenging now, okay, well, it 's going to be hard and challenging later if you don't do it, and much more hard and challenging. in other words, you're going to pay, pay a little bit now or pay a lot later. okay that 's what you have to remember. Was it Frederick Douglass who said it is? Easier to raise good people than to repair broken adults, right? Remember that, folks. Let's raise good people. That's our job. All right, folks, thanks so much for listening to this. Get the book, Keeping the Kids All Right, How to Empower Your Children Against the Leftist Agenda. This is gonna do really well, folks. Um, and I don't care. It's, it's not a question of, of me making money on this. I, I, it almost doesn't matter to me at all. I, I make plenty of money in the, in the legal world. I'm, I'm very happy, very satisfied. I'm very keyed up, however, in making sure that we take back this country, that we raise God-fearing and conservative children who will remain that way. That's my mission. That's all I care about. So talk it up, folks. Please get it out there. Please. Give it a positive review if you can, if you like it. I love a five-star review on Amazon that's available. Uh, And God bless you all. All right. Brooke Lurie signing off saying God bless. And we'll talk with you next week.